2: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's Makers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
3: Industries in New Zealand are preparing for another summer of hurt. Sport is no different, and the fears the impact could leak further than summer and deeper into 2022 is a hard one to swallow. With different sporting codes organizations and athletes rob nickel is the new zealand rugby players association big wig he's the boss and also heads up the athletes federation he's on the line with us now morena rob
0: good morning izzy how are you
3: i'm good mate me and baz are up and about and we're up and about now because we want to hear your concerns mate your concerns heading into the new year with uh, the MIQ situations. Give us your take, bud.
0: Yeah, look, I I just think, you know, obviously COVID's been challenging and there's a little bit of learning as you go, but I think earlier this year, um, through some pretty good work, we brought ourselves time. We brought ourselves time to make a plan Mm. uh, so that we can get things back up and running, whether it be tourism or trade Mm. or sport. And Sport is an industry at the top level. It feeds the country in many different respects from community all the way through. And, I just feel we missed the track. I think we should have been much better prepared. Mm. Um, and then we arrive at the point that we're at now. You know, We've just had rugby teams and personnel touring the world. I think we went to five different countries. We've played in kind of full stadiums. Uh, the cricket boys are, are doing it over in subcontinent at the moment. But we've had a 2020 World Cup. We've had an Olympic Games. The world is well and truly moving on. as And yet we come back here and the announcement, mm that covers the next three to six months in New Zealand kind of doesn't make it possible to play rugby league or basketball or rugby with Australia. And that doesn't make yep. sense. And I just feel that someone needs to bang the table and say, well, actually, and I think plenty of people are, um, it's not good enough now just to have a sort of a broad brush approach designed by health and, and if you like, government and bureaucrats and mm-hmm. Wellington. I think they need to hear the voice of industry and in respect to sport, we need to stand up and, and help them solve our problems and enable us. Because we don't want handouts, mm. we don't want special treatment. What we want is Kiwi number eight wine innovation and and a, and a performance focus to say how do we make this happen safely? And it is absolutely possible. The rest of the world is showing that. So we're just saying yeah. let's step up, look at the industry specifically, and get things back up and running. Because we just need to be enabled. We can do it ourselves, but it's uh, it's a real struggle when um, when they're putting the brakes on us.
3: Mate, I love it. I love your honesty and, and you're, you're coming to the front for many organisations around New Zealand. I think it's needed, but for you, are, are they listening? Is anyone in the government giving you any time of the day to, to listen and hear your voice of concerns and are we getting anywhere? Um, I, I feel like we're, we're making up excuses. Yes, they've got a lot on their plate, but that's why people are given portfolios, given special designs to, to, to be a part of the government. Are they listening?
0: Yeah, look, and I, I think they they sort of want to, but they got they've had a, a modus operandi I suppose over the last couple of years where government and health have very much driven things, and health has driven a lot. And if I look across mm. all of industry in the whole country, I feel there has been a voice missing, and it's the voice of business, yeah. it's the voice of innovation. And you've seen some of our business leaders, in particular, coming out and banging the table and saying we could be doing this better. You need to hear from us. We've got ideas, we've got thoughts and innovations that can improve the situation and allow us to keep on. Um, and I think in that respect, you know, over the last 80 months, if I reflect, we've worked with New Zealand Rugby from a rugby perspective. Sport New Zealand have always coordinated the sports, and submissions have been put in, and they've been turned down, or they've been um, asked to be resubmitted. And, and at every and every pinch, it, it seems to be that everyone's working quite hard to put plans in place and put things. You know, taking NPC for example, we had a really solid plan to get the three teams out. Uh, you know, all double vaccinated, all negative tested into isolation, it would have absolutely been fine. We had to submit the application three different times. Each time the message was put another application and we we think it's going to go well this time, and each time it got denied. It was all done nice and properly and privately and quietly, but it got nowhere. And, and I think at some point the frustrations say, hey, hang on a sec, we need to bring some transparency to this. And that's why we think it's important to talk about this publicly now and, and explain to people what's actually happening because you you really are starting to to make it pretty tough to keep these industries going. And there's no Mm. reason for it. And, you know, there can be a solution that allows the Brumbies to come in, double vaccinated, tested, isolated as a bubble, play a game of rugby, and leave three days later to go back to Australia, all under that protocol. We've just done it around the world. Teams are doing it around the world. There's no reason why the Warriors and the rugby league in Australia can't set up protocol with basketballers. Um, individual athletes we've heard a lot of narrative in the last 18 months around individual athletes and the struggle we've had you know sport a whole if you go back we got 286 million from the government 18 months ago why didn't we put some of that money into a specialist sport in miq facility and then we could have actually offered spots back to the public like there's a whole lot of ideas there that just haven't been able to be actioned and i think it's time now that we say hey hang on a sec we need a we need a stronger voice publicly bring some transparency to it and take a bit more of a can-do attitude to it um, because we've got... If you look at next year, you've got international cricket teams coming to this country. At the moment, they are looking, thinking, yeah. I'm not going to spend seven days in isolation. I, like New Zealand, what are you doing? We don't have to do that anywhere around the world mm. at the moment. We've got Ireland coming here for three test matches. They're going to be shaking their heads, saying, well, we, we, we don't have time to do that. We can't do it. So we might be looking at the States for that um, to take those fixtures offshore. And we can't wait till March or February. Like, these... these international sporting teams and organisations need certainty and they need to be able to plan. And then we have a a Women's World Cup and a Cricket World Cup. All these tournaments are going to be in jeopardy. World rugby won't go past I'd imagine the 1st of February without absolutely certainty that they can hold this tournament here next year. If we can't play a trans-Tasman rugby competition how do we hope to host a Women's World Cup? Like we really do need to provide a lot more clarity, a lot more certainty with a lot more we can do this attitude.
2: Hey Rob, it's Baz here, mate. Hey, um, appreciate you coming on uh, Baz and for Breakfast as well. This is a subject I'm I'm pretty hot on as well. I've probably I've probably chosen my words quite quite uh, sedately uh, since uh, since I got back from overseas. But I, I can tell can tell you now, like I can tell the people out there that traveling around the world throughout COVID, um, the perception of New Zealand is that we are so far behind. We had market dominance for so long in what we we're doing, and now we are considered. A bit of a laughing stock because we we uh, we have just lost all that ground and and all all the rest of the world is carrying on as if things um, things are normal or, or are trying to, to work out ways to be able to get as much normality as possible throughout a pandemic and they're putting solutions in place they're putting um, structures in place where you can continue to allow these sorts of industries to continue and and it's not just I think right now it's not just the the impact that it's having at this point in time, but it's the runway that it's going to take to be able to then get things back up and running again. We we risk losing one of the most fundamental aspects of us as New Zealanders, which is sport. That's what gets us going, and and we're losing it because no one trusts the organisations to be able to to be able to uh, operate themselves. I, I I spend a little bit of time in MIQ, mate, um, and and this is the the same MIQ where you told that. The, the virus travels through the doors, so you have got to keep your doors shut, etc. I, I heard a bit of banging outside at one stage, um, and I, I poked my head out the door with my mask on, and I saw some painters and decorators just uh, just giving the pra- the place of it a bit of a spruce up. And I'm pretty sure they weren't part of the MIQ facility. So, so I think my I guess what I'm trying to allude to is the fact that there's no trust in there that the organisations can do it because I don't believe this current setup of people are doing are, are capable of doing it themselves. So. What is it which needs to be done uh, before sort of anarchy sets in and, and sporting o- organisations just take it into their own hands? What needs to be done? How can we do it?
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think first and foremost it's that attitude. Like, I mean, you guys are from a sporting environment. You know about performance and we need to perform better. So that's the that's starting box. So, you know, gather in the ideas and, and have, look at the opportunities that we need to make this happen as opposed to a a stage of fear or um conservatism that just makes it all too hard you know and and it's so easy to say no you know have a have a can-do attitude i think is the starting point um bring the ideas to the table and look at what others are doing and and get stuck into it and i think you've been like you said you've you've been exposed to this probably more than most sports people in new zealand um traveling the world and you know, likewise, we just had all the All Blacks and Black Ferns been seven days in MIQ. Um, I don't know how much it costs to hold 150 odd people in MIQ for seven days, but they've been tested every two days on tour. Um, they've come back here, they're all double vaccinated, and seven days, that's a, that's a lot of money and a lot of energy just to watch them, and yet I'm not quite sure what the numbers are at the moment, but we have people with COVID all been trusted to isolate at home. Um, throughout Auckland and and throughout the country, and it's kind of like yeah. that just doesn't stack up to me, you know. And so, first and foremost, I think it's that ability to be able to, you know, if people are, are double vaccinated or have that negative test pre-departure, they arrive. Can, you know, can we trust them? And I think we can, particularly sports teams and sports people and their and their contingent. I mean, the Australians are about to host the Melbourne Open for goodness sake, coming from all over the world with their trainers and and coaches and players. You know, you can trust them. To do the right thing to train and then perform. That's what they're there to do. And people in trade will say the same thing. Is you can trust us. We will we will abide by the rules. We will come back. We will be vaccinated. We will get tested. We will stay in touch with you remotely. We will check in with you each day while we're at home isolating for two or three days. We return yet another negative test. But let us get on. Don't hold us bolted up for seven days in a hotel room. That doesn't make too much sense anymore.
2: So I guess it's got to that point where the risks we all now we all understand and and keep in mind that that people don't want to get COVID either so they're going to take the best the best uh the best choices possible to try and stay away from the virus also so the risks of getting COVID versus um the risks of losing industries and losing the sporting industry it's starting to become pretty close I'm guessing mate You you need to get this up and running again right?
0: Yeah, and I think that yeah, you know, that's a that's a really important part, and we need to single, send a message to the rest of the world that we need to get up and running. It's as you guys know, it's it's pretty tough when you live in New Zealand and you know, the other end of the world, and you're trying to compete, whether it's been cricket or you're trying to make your way in basketball or you know, football's a classic example. We're are a long way from the action to a certain extent, and rugby is similar. Believe it or not, you know, even though it's such a big part of the and environment, but but we're a long way from the action and. It's tough enough to compete professionally when you've got a population of five million people and you're competing against massive populations with really serious financial resources and significantly more participant numbers etc you know look at the black caps in india at the moment david goliath battle yet again and you know you, you just can't afford to fall behind and you can't afford to be constrained you need to be enabled to be able to do this sort of stuff and 100% 100% understand the importance of family connecting, that's important. You know, Tourism is another industry. It needs a hand. It needs the government to dive deeper into the industry and say, how can we enable them to enable themselves? And That's what we're saying from a sports perspective. Is we know we can do a lot better than requiring teams to isolate for seven days because teams just won't come and we can't play competitions. It doesn't work for us. So let's come up with something that does work for us so we can get on with it and stay connected and keep doing what sport and particularly the professional level does for the community game, you know, rugby, cricket, um, basketball, football, they are industries and they are professional sports and they rely on us bringing revenue in to feed the system. And I know we all have a torrid debate about whether enough goes into that space, but the reality is it still depends on it. And if you keep constraining us, mm-hmm. it's going to start to collapse and, and that's not going to do anyone any favors. And, you know, what I'm saying is what business have been saying. It's what um, tourism has been saying. It's, it's like it's, it, it no longer can one rule cater for everything. We need to get more industry specific and we need to come up with ways to enable different industries to get up and running and stay connected and, and be successful.
3: Nice, Rob. I love your honesty, mate. Hey. Just quickly, what are the conversations, I know you do a lot with the Rugby Players Association and the Rugby Rugby Union, what are the conversations like with the players? Because I know a lot of them struggled with this year, there's so much uncertainty, a lot of time away. Yeah. Heading towards next year, if, if we don't get any changes, how does Super Rugby Trans-Tasman oh. look if, if we don't change it? Are, are you able to share any well, insights to, we, on, on that?
0: We we have to get changes, frankly, we have to get changes. Like It's yeah. You know, we've had two years where that competition has been in a bit of turmoil, let's be honest. I think everyone's done an amazing job and being able to keep some rugby content up and running. You look at, like, I can't explain how much work was put in just to keep the NPC alive this year. And the efforts that we've got, it's all the work that went into trying to get the Auckland teams out, getting everyone vaccinated, to offering draws that people don't see. And a lot of it didn't come to fruition because we were constrained at every step. You know, it's the same with that Super Rugby. We've got to get up and running. We've lost South Africa. We need to get that comp up. We've got two new teams yeah. from the Pacific Islands with Moana, Pacifica and and Vera. Like, we need to get this thing up and running. We don't have an option. Like, the, the fallback yeah. option is actually quite a disaster. And that's what is concerning us is the government is not hearing Is yeah. You know, it is getting to this crisis kind of stage. And um, the players, frankly, and as you know, they have no choice in terms of this is what's in front of you. You've got to roll up the sleeves. You've got to get on it and get into it. And they did it 14 weeks away, long tour, tour like no other. Same with the Black Ferns. You know, they just, the Black Cats are doing it for cricket at the moment. They just get on and do it. But they've come back now. They've done their seven days my MIQ, which is, they find a bit baffling. They've gone home. They've got to do another three days before they can truly reconnect with a family. And then they're going to be sitting there and they're going to go, are you serious? I've just travelled all over the world. I've played in front of full stadiums, 70, 80, 90,000 people. And I've travelled. We've had no issues. We've played the best in the world. And I come back here and somehow it's almost like you've gone back in a time warp. We can't play our own domestic competition between Australia and New Zealand. Are you serious? I'm turning on TV. I'm seeing the Big Bash being played in Australia, seeing rugby league being played in Australia. It's all happening, but we, for some reason, we can't play across Australia and New Zealand. Like What's going on? We had a travel bubble eight months ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what, what's, what's gone backwards here? Why is this not working? And that's, that's what they're going to be asking themselves over summer. And it's going to become incredibly frustrating because there's a point at which they're saying, hey, I, I get it, I'm prepared to do this because it's really important for the sport and we need to get up and running and we've got to keep the revenue coming in and that's all fine. But there is a point at which it's kind of becomes quite you know, the, the, the fight starts to drain out of you because you're just not getting the helping hand that you want from the government, frankly. And what we're saying is get more focused on sport, work out what is needed to allow sport to help itself. We don't want government handouts, we don't want more money from them. We want to be able to do it ourselves. And to do that, we need to be enabled. And at the moment, that's kind of um, it's slipping out of our grasp, which is why we're being the table a bit here. And probably we'll cop a little bit for doing it, but if it some attention to it it's worth it because i know to answer your question Definitely. directly the players are going to be incredibly frustrated if they're heading into next mm. year whether it's a, a women's rugby player or a cricketer or a footballer if those massive world cups coming up that's you know the opportunity to take Ireland on at, at home in three test matches the opportunity to play super rugby um you know pacifica with those new teams and, and to get things up and rolling, whether it's the Warriors who have done it so unbelievably tough. I mean, that is a private sporting franchise that keeps New Zealand Rugby League on the map. Imagine if we didn't have the Warriors and where Rugby League would be. And yet those guys for two years haven't been able to play. you know. And now we've got a... There is an opportunity now to create a situation where they can come home and they can play, but it's not getting the focus it needs. And we just need the leaders to step up and and do that. Give it some focus.
2: Good man, Rob. Thanks heaps, mate. I totally agree with you. Both of us nice, are Rob. On, the, on the same page. Not just have we slipped up, but we're slipping off the face of the earth as well. We're coming a bit of a laughing stock all around the world, and that's not ideal for a country which everyone adores. So it's a real shame. Let's hope we can get some traction in the next little while. After all, that's why we all got vaccinated, right? So we can get back to normality and let these industries <laughs> kick back into gear. So let's hope that things can be rectified soon. And it's great that you're at the forefront of, of pushing this case, mate. I know that sometimes thanks it up, and uh, and people want to chop it off. But I think this is such an important topic and such an important thing because it's so important to all of us here in New Zealand. So thanks heaps for joining us here on Baznazi for Breakfast, Rob. Appreciate your time, mate.
0: Good to chat, guys. And um, yeah, let's hope that uh, let's hope we can see a bit of movement. Um, you know, we know things can change. We know that in March next year, you know, things might take a turn. But we can adapt at that point. But in the meantime, you know, give us a mm-hmm. give us a runway. Let us take off. Let us fly. Cheers,
2: lads. Here, here. Good man, that is Rob Nickel, New Zealand Rugby Players Association boss, and he also heads up the Athletes Federation, talking on behalf of all the athletes around about the challenges which everyone's facing being stuck down here at the very bottom of the earth. So let's get things cranking. Let's get crowds back. First big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Well, it's less than 48 hours before New Zealand take on India in the second Test match, this time at Mumbai, after the thrilling draw that was... The first Test match between New Zealand and India at Kanpur has given New Zealand a real chance of achieving something really special over there in India and beating one of the best teams in the world in their own conditions. something a task which not many teams around the world have been able to accomplish in the last decade or so. We've got on the phone a man who excelled in the first Test match. Well, he's excelled throughout his career, really. What a rare end of his career kick it has been for Tim Southey. Let me just read you some numbers. The first part of his career... 26 test matches, 83 wickets, an average of 34.33. Second third of his test career, 27 test matches, 99 wickets, an average of 30.229. And well, the last 27 test matches. The last third of his career so far, still a young man, but he's achieved so much already. 27 test matches, 137 wickets at 22.49. That's 80 test matches. 322 wickets at a world-class average of 27.96. He's a leader within the New Zealand cricket side. He's been around for so, so long. He's doing wonderful things. We're lucky that we are joined by Tim Southey on the phone right now. Timmy, very uh, very uh very warm welcome to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. How are you guys? Good. Did we bore you with all those statistics? <laughs> yeah, a the only one you really care about is how many sixes you've hit, and you're about 80-odd or something on that on that list, but you're not really a stats man, are you?
5: Yeah, it's a very kind intro, but yeah, I was waiting for you to mention the, the sixes. I left a few out there in the last uh, the last test match. Um, didn't think it was appropriate when you're trying to bat out a draw, and, um, but it was in the back of my mind, the, the 110 or so that I need to chase down and break
2: your record. Yeah, no, you can leave that record out there if you want, mate. That's the only record I actually care about from my career. But we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. Hey, um, mate, in that last Test match, obviously your your performance was phenomenal. You and, and Kyle Jamieson, um, pretty unfriendly seam bowling conditions, but you guys really stepped up and, and gave New Zealand a, a really big chance in that Test match. Just just talk to us about the mindset as you guys headed into day five. Obviously, you got out with a um, with a, a draw. But was at any stage did you, did you guys entertain the thought that you might be able to chase that 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 total down?
5: Yeah, as you know, you turn up on day five, and, and all three results still possible. It's uh, it's always a great feeling. Um, but you knew we had to take a, a session by session. Um, and yeah, I guess uh we're sitting at lunch and uh, things are sort of shaping shaping up like we could potentially push for a victory later on in the day, but um, but. We know in this part of the world things can happen pretty quickly and um and we've lost a few wickets and then it, it became um just a battle of, of trying to bat out and and uh, and try and get out of it with a draw. But uh but yeah, it's just a great great courage for the guys to be able to, to be able to do that. It's not easy in this part of the world on day five against a, a quality attack in, in their own conditions.
3: Hey Timmy, it's Izzy here, mate. Great to have you on the show. Hey, I just wanna to talk to you about the, the conditions playing in Kampur, uh, there was talk about it being a spinning wicket, and, and with particularly with India being able to turn the ball really well, but then we see the likes of you and Kyle Jamieson bowling seam up, getting a lot of swing, getting a lot of movement off the pitch. Did you expect that? Did you expect the the rewards you were getting from bowling good solid lines uh, in Kampur? Um, no, I guess you come to
5: this part of the world, you expect uh, you expect to be plenty of turn. Um, and yeah, as a s a pace bowler you you I guess uh you 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 look to, to challenge yourself and in conditions that, that that are foreign to you and, and this part of the world is is pretty foreign to, to us as fast bowlers. So it is nice to to do well. I think you look at the, the side as well, Colin and I have been playing a fair bit of cricket. Um Ajaz and, and Will Somerville haven't had a was their first game of cricket, um for a for a long time. So, um yeah, they, although they've been training training the house down and um they hadn't actually been out in the match situation for a long time. So they'll be better, better for that. Um, but for us to have been playing a bit of cricket, um, I guess it was just about doing our things um, and trying to assess the conditions as, as quick as we could. But, um, but, yeah, we managed to find a little bit of, bit of swing there for, for periods and, and create some, some chances throughout. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the challenge now is to, to go and, and, and back it up in, in the second test.
2: Yeah, let's let's look forward to that second test as well. One of the notable omissions from the first test match was was Neil Wagner. And I'm sure there was times throughout that first test match where you would have, when I saw Tim uh, Neil Wagner giving you, you a drink down there on the on the boundary and I bet you had a wished he could have rolled out there and bowled a few of those overs for you as well. But is it fair to say that he would he would come into calculations in the in the next test match as well?
5: Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, you've got guys that are, are ready to go. Um, we haven't been down to see what the wicket's like here, but um, but yeah, I guess those are conversations that, that will be had over the coming days. You've got a, a player who's been um, oh, amazing for us for a long period of time and all the him just sitting there um, waiting for his, for his opportunity. And as you know, Baz, a great team man. He was absolutely gutted not to be out there. He loves playing for for new zealand um, but he um, but yeah he he was he'll be, he'll be waiting for his opportunity and um who knows he might be able to get a run in, in, in Mumbai But uh, but we know he's a, a world class uh, bowler in in all conditions, so um any side with with in is a is a very good side. Mate,
3: I love it I love when he's bowling fifteen over spells in every single run and it's the same amount of energy. He's exerting every single time. He gives it hundred and eighty percent. Does Neil he said, Wagner?
2: He bowled a long spell too. It was almost. Channeling it to Wagner, wasn't it? In this last.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the i was wondering <laughs> how he does it. One minute, sort of bowling a leg that
5: he runs into, but bloody twelve overs, bowling bounces. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, makes you makes you appreciate what he what he does
3: yeah for sure, brother. hey uh, tell us tell us about the last couple of days.' After five days out in the you know field and, and batting wise, you know bodies will be quite tired. How have the last couple of days been and and what have the messages been heading towards Mumbai within the environment? Um yeah,
5: obviously sat around uh, after the test and um just sort of reflected back on what was what was a what was a enjoyable week but, um, but to this focus shifts forward, we had a travel day yesterday. Um, get out and have a bit sort of a run around, a bit of a training today and then uh, a light day day before. So um yeah, the guys uh, guys are, are pleased with how the last week went but um but uh, but you know, we know to sort of learn from that park it and uh move forward to what uh, what should be an exciting week. Um you come to this part of the world and you know it's gonna be a, a real challenge but um but it's a chance to be able to be able to do something pretty special. Oh
4: yeah.
2: Timmy, uh, we know you're in Mumbai, and we believe there's a little bit of rain around. Which, you being a, a farmer from up Wangarei Way, Northland, up there, you'd be delighted with the rain normally. But how does that? What does that mean for the conditions as you head towards Mumbai? You're expecting a wicket with well, predominantly it normally bounces there. But are you expecting something that's got a bit of a bit more dust around it after how well you seem as performed in the first part of uh, in the first Test match? <laughs> yeah, we're
5: we are we're imagining that it'll be uh they talk about the the orange clay uh taking a bit more turn and and being uh, uh, being a bit more bounced compared to the the darker clay that we played on in, in Campbell. so um yeah, hopefully we can get down and have a little look around if the if the weather clears um and um but yeah, I think whatever surface we're going to be facing we're just going to, have to adapt to it but um but yeah the the talk is there probably will be a little bit more more turn a little bit more bounce um yeah, which is a, a challenge for for us as well. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to it, but um, but hopefully the rain clears um, and we can get down and, and have a look.
3: All right, Timmy, how's tour life, mate? You and the lads having a good tour? You boys go away for so bloody long. How do you keep guys? How do you guys keep yourself sane, brother? Like what do you get up to in India? You able to get out of the hotel and play some golf? I've seen that swing, mate. Not a bad swing at the Stephen Adams Invitational. So, yeah, what have you boys been up to?
5: Yeah, it's uh, it has been a long time. Um, but uh about a week to go and then uh, then the boys are back home so um but yeah, I think with uh, with touring and the the current sort of situation in the world it's not what it what it used to be. Um a lot of time in the hotel, um been coming up sort of three and a half months on the road. So, um yeah, the guys guys have their moments but um but yeah, it's uh it's pretty pretty sound side to be a part of. Um guys uh, guys find ways to to entertain ourselves, plenty of table tennis, a bit a golf when we can. Um, but yeah, I think uh, just just enjoying each other's enjoying each other's company. Um, usually, you're allowed to get sort of get out and about a bit more, but um, but we've still sort of been confined to the hotel and and the odd golf course here and there, where we're uh, trying to make that swing a little bit nicer.
2: <laughs> I will tell you one thing: you can do. You can wander down to the bar about six o'clock and ask the skipper. To, uh, to shout for you after having been retained by the Sunrisers <laughs> some heavy cash over there in the IPL so maybe you can buy the boys around yeah. uh, just a little nod of the cat yeah. little tip of the cat what are the chances there's of
5: that? Been, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of um, a lot of guys that are walking around saying that this morning um, <laughs> Cairns obviously yeah got a little bit of a bit of a smirk on his face at breakfast but um i don't think anyone's brought that up brought that up with him yet but um yeah we'll be we'll be we'll be trying to get him to dig into his pockets at some stage this week
2: oh you're the man for the job timmy you're fearless anyway mate we appreciate we appreciate you uh joining us here on bad for breakfast mate on snz and we wish you all the best we love yeah, loved well, to you, you guys fighting the tenacity and skill that you showed in that first test match and Gee, another five days of hard graft would be great if you came away with the honours, mate. So all the very best, and and, uh, best of luck from us, eh? Cheers, guys. Time for our McCafe Coffee catch-up, and we are under a week out from the start of the Ashes. It's a series which no doubt grips cricket fans, not just from Australia or England, but all over the world. SEN is all over it, and all over the lead-up to the Series Australia. And one of the leading voices is former Australian international. He's a huge part of the SNZ's racing coverage as well. He's a champion of a man. Izzy, I think you're going to love him. Simon O'Donnell, affectionately known as Sod. Good morning. Sod, how you doing, mate?
4: Very well. Very well. Izzy, if I could just ask you firstly, what's he <laughs> like early in the morning? Because he's never been a person to get up and...
3: Sort of enjoy life really until about lunchtime, <laughs> <laughs> mate. To be I'm honest, the mature he's one on great. the show. <laughs> he's our skip, mate. So, all, like, I was paying a dollar. I think I was paying about a dollar twenty on the tote to sleep in first on the <laughs> show. And well, I've surprised many, mate. I've I've surprised many. Haven't even missed a beat. So that nah, the team's flying, sod. We're good.
4: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. <coughs> there are some things in life never cease to amaze you. That's one of them. <laughs> uh,
2: well, to be fair though, so you're trying, you're judging that based on my sort of experiences over there working with you guys, where I fleetingly come in for a bit of a sort of, you know, a quick visit, say good day, come in, sort of rocks or diamonds, and then get out quickly and go down the pub. So I can completely understand where you've got that one wrong, my friend. But anyway, mate, talk to us um, about the ashes coming up. (laughs) Uh, Talk to us about the ashes coming up, mate. What uh, what can we expect from uh, from this series? England probably were massive underdogs for a while until you guys started to just well self combust, didn't you? Yeah, I suppose you know
4: Australia are a different proposition at home to what they are away, you know, and. You know, the traditional first-gabbit test is one where they they, they try and you know, probably assert their authority for want of a better way of putting it and, and trying to get on top on a pitch that's generally you know, pretty bouncy and, and quicker than a lot of others around the world. So you know, that's going to be no different this year. I, I think it's going to be a lot less serious than people are giving it credit for. Huh? So, I'm not... With the disruptions I think Australia have had over the last sort of 12, 18 months and um, you know England have had their own disruptions in recent times. Uh, I think, I think you know, that from a talent point of view and, and what England did, and you know, it's not the great name of Ben Stokes who plays a fair game of cricket and literally tried to arrest the Ashes um, single-handedly a couple of years ago, uh, I think England are in it up to their ears.
2: Excellent. That's good to hear. Actually, I think Stokes is a huge addition for them, no doubt. I look like, to me, their team looked like they were just a little short on star power until he made himself available. So looking forward to seeing how the Aussies handle him. What what what's the um what's the build up been like, mate? What's the anticipation like? Is it like any other normal Ashes, or is it is it a little bit different this time around? It's probably a
4: little bit different because of the, you know, the headlines of the last seven days. Um, you know, and that's been more the focus. And now we've got you know, Cummins anointed as captain, and Steve Smith you know, as his vice captain, which I, I think is a really good appointment. You know, former captain, albeit didn't go out in the blaze of glory, when his reign finished, he's going to be invaluable to, to Pat Cummins, just keeping an eye on Jins when he has to go about his business as a, as a first-class bowler, and probably the mainstay of of our attack. So I, I think that's, you know, that, that's now turned the tide a bit. So, hey, we're only a week away. This is going to be, this is going to be fantastic. It's an ashes summer. It's a little different, though, in that, you know, we've got this bloody thing called COVID still hanging around the world and, you know, we're, we're in mass and out of mass and, you know, um, in certain sections of grounds and not in certain sections. So, you know, I think there's that there's still that um uh feel around that you know, people aren't ready to go out and just embrace big crowds and whatever yet so i hope you know cricket's a, a big
3: part of breaking the ice in that mm. yeah for sure for sure so. hey hey sorry it's uh it's izzy here mate um quick, just quickly pat cummins was he the first choice in, in your eyes and, and why did they go go to pat cummins and and you know, I thought they might have been inclined to go back to Steve Smith, but was he was he a natural choice in the end?
4: Well, I think he was. He, he seemed to be the heir apparent is he. And I don't think with the drama that Steve Smith lost the captaincy, and then the drama in the way mm. Tim Payne lost the captaincy, I don't think I think their hands were tied to go back to Steve Smith. Not that and again, I still say that Pat Cummins was the the next person um, to get the job, but I don't think Steve Smith was ever a serious candidate to be captain. Mm. Um, vice captain yes, and you know, starting to um, uh, clean his slate and, and people um, understand and trust what he brings to the table as a leader. Again, you know, that's all well and good, but I don't think he was ever a chance to be captain.
2: Well, Steve Smith, he doesn't mind a punt. Let's get talking punting. How's your horses going, Sod? <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't been doing
4: much. As, um, well, I've been doing, yeah. it back, but I've been doing it down the back of the field, not the front of the field. So I need a bit <laughs> of a change of, change of luck. Um, I've got a, a, hopefully a nice horse. Uh, well, actually, famous last words. A nice horse from your part of the world that I bought a couple of years ago by... Tarzina out of a Monson mech or winds of March. I hope he goes all right. He's not far away from a, from a trial. So um, with a bit of luck, he might uh, uh, lift the spirits just after Christmas and give us something to look forward to in the autumn.
2: Who trains him, mate? Right, he's,
4: mate, um, he's just, uh, well, he's he sort of got a foot in each camp. The Ellert Zara boys, one's gone north, the other one's gone south. So I think there was a bit of a tug of war on, but he's, uh, he's ended up with Simon Zara. So he's in New Diggs at Flemington, but um, Simon knows him well. and happy to leave him there and give him his opportunity with him. So fingers crossed he, he measures up okay in the new year.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we won't keep you too long, mate, but as is customary on the show, that all our good racing people... We like to get a little, bit of, a little bit of a scoop for our listeners off. We've been getting everyone paid recently. You've been a good punting man that you are, and well in the know with all of the well-to-do amongst the Racing Fraternity Australia. Must have some inside oil on something you can steer us into, Sod. What are we punting this weekend? Um, as I've got nothing for this weekend, OK? I've got nothing for this weekend.
4: But I will tell you something for nothing... 12 months out, Now so the only thing we need <laughs> oh. is the horse oh. to stay sound. I love this. So I reckon I've got the winner of next year's Cox Plate, already here in Australia. He's already shown some blistering form during the spring, and it's a horse bred over in your part of the world called I'm Thunderstruck. Ooh, I reckon yes. he might be one of the
2: Alright, I love it. Oh, yes. well, he he he's a son of white, white face from a shocking. Mile away. Uh, he's
4: the son of shocking. Yeah. And in 12 months' time, love you it. can ring me and say, You moron, you know nothing. Or you can say, <laughs> You're a dead set genius. You can have a week
2: at um, uh, Achilles Lodge or Harker Lodge. Uh, you can have a week on me for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Hutchie's paying you fellas over in SEN in Australia much more if you're used to operating at Hooker Lodge because we can't afford to be sending you there. But I tell you what, we will do. We'll send you to South Dunedin for a couple of nights out there at the Southern Tavern. And I'll come down there with you and we can have a couple of scoops and and talk about the old days. All right, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go, but we appreciate you, you joining us here, mate. Did
4: you just quickly <laughs> What's a, a scoop? Yeah. <laughs> a scoop? Is that
3: like a pot? Is that a pot, is it? A it's a it's a schooner. It's a, like a schooner. All <laughs> oh,
4: right,
3: okay. I what a chili box is. Yeah. <laughs> chili box. <laughs> right, we're gonna
2: go. <laughs> See us sod. Great to talk to you, mate. Absolutely. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Give us a call on the Kennards High phone line 0800-150-811. No, we're not talking about Hamilton. We're talking about Bathurst. And it is Craig on the line from Manawatu. Good morning, Craig. Talk us through Bathurst. we got no
1: idea. We need some help. Oh, mate. Well, Bathurst, is the holy grail of racing. You know, come on. Four legs are great and all, but (laughs) Bathurst is Bathurst, you know. You can't go wrong.
4: What, what makes what, what it so What do you so great?
1: want to know? What
2: is, what is it which separates it?
1: What? Well, nothing better than the rumble of a V8. You know, any red-blooded male knows that. Um, but from our perspective, <laughs> you know, the, the whole... The, and Holden and Ford battles, as much as this is going to be the last one, unfortunately, you can't go wrong with a bit of Holden and Ford rivalry throughout the decades. You know, that's pretty awesome. But, um, you know, from, from this weekend's perspective, though, um, she's... Pretty tight race up the top end
3: of the field, though. Oh, hey, talk us through your Sunday, step by step. Tell us what, Craig, <laughs> what does Craig's day look like Sunday, mate?
1: Well, get up at half past four and milk the cows first. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> dairy, dairy farmer first and foremost, boys, they're going to pay the bloody bulls. <laughs> yep, but, um, fair enough. But Beth <laughs> But 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 Bathurst, you know, obviously that those opening few laps is always pretty entertaining. Especially if is a bit of water around, but you know, I try and watch as much of the race as we can. But uh, yeah, it's uh, from a from a V8 perspective, though. Like I'm a Holden boy through and through, always have been. And the fact you have got the best Holden on the track was Gizzy behind the wheel this year. You can't go wrong.
3: So is he going to win it? So, <laughs> uh, you know, I've hear he's um, been on he's been outstanding form this year, isn't he? He's been the one to catch, really. As, yeah, as, he, he's
1: the one, he, he's the favourite for sure. But, like, that's the beauty of Bathurst the fact that it's an endurance race, anything can happen, eh? You know, um, you mm. just got to look over the years with Greg Murphy and all of the races. He almost won. You know, the, the wrong car in the wrong place at the wrong time, a, a crappy pit. Um, yeah, there's so many variables running out of gas because you try to get the last couple of laps in. Yeah, and, and that's the cool part with Bathus. Is you know, even if you end up at the back of the field, you still can get back to the front. But, but right. yeah, from a right. from a, so the boys the to watch, uh, Yes, sir. Yep.
2: So you milk the you milk the yeah. So you milk the cows. Yep. You make yeah. yourself a little bit of breakfast. You get yourself on the couch. You turn over the TV. Yep. You hear the roar yep. of the engines. The sound of the VH just hissing. What are you yep. drinking?
3: Bourbon and Coke, Well,
1: well, it's it's in a brown bottle, of course. Bourbon and Coke, man. Um, Well, well, I'm I'm traditionally from the Manga Tanoka, mate, so it runs through the veins, mate. Oh. (laughs) Tell me, boy, through and through. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting a little bit too old to Uh, finish a crate by myself in one day now, but no, (laughs) it's still good stuff, mate.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, oh,
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, but no right, so... you got red, red 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 Bull is with your Gizzy and your wooden cup. You've got obviously um Shelby with um De Pasquale and Davidson and Waters. They are uh, they are five to watch.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful, Craig. Well mate, you're our expert, so we'll get you on Monday, eh? We'll react to so Sunday, will you be up and – oh, you'll be up and about, mate, because cows are got to be milked no matter what kind of situation you're in, mate. But thank you so much. Appreciate the time, brother.